Welcome to Joy Sounds, Music You Need to Know, a weekly podcast presenting the brightest independent artists. I'm your host, Chris Sampson. Joy Sounds is presented in partnership with Music Connection. Music Connection has been an invaluable resource for the music community since 1977. For more information, visit musicconnection.com. In this special two-part episode, we feature the songwriting students from the UCLA Herb Alpert School of Music. The songwriting classes are offered through the Music Industry Program at UCLA. The Music Industry Programs at UCLA help students understand the practice of music as a profession, while connecting them with prominent players within the vibrant Los Angeles music scene. For more information about the UCLA Herb Albert School of Music, please visit schoolofmusic.ucla.edu. In part two of today's show, we'll meet three UCLA songwriters and get to hear their music. Also, we'll continue our conversation with Natasha Pasternak, professor of songwriting at UCLA, and hear more about the classes she offers. Let's begin the show with UCLA songwriter Sophia James. Sophia is a global jazz studies major, and you can definitely hear her strong jazz background in her songwriting. It's very nice to meet you, Sophia, and welcome to Joy Sounds. Thanks. Thanks for having me. What year are you at UCLA and what's your major? I'm a third year or junior and my major is global jazz studies. Global jazz studies. So that's a very interesting take on this. Tell me a little bit about that program. It's essentially jazz in a historical and global context. So, you know, we're analyzing the origins of jazz and and the fusions of jazz around the world and how it's developed and how it is continuing to develop. It's really interesting. Very cool angle. But it also has performance components as well. So you're doing this through practice as well. Totally, yes. So my concentration within the major is voice. So I get the privilege of having voice lessons embedded into my curriculum and you know, I get to be a part of some vocal combos and do a little bit of performance here and there. But I would say generally, I have, it's it's been a more academic leaning curriculum. And you're also a music creator, you're a songwriter. So has this major influenced you as an artist as well? Absolutely. I mean, I think I've always been really drawn to jazz. Um, and this major definitely has cultivated my style of writing. I've had to learn and sing and analyze so many classic standards um, and, you know, that classic AABA style. And so when I go to write, it's really easy for me to fall into that classic structure of a jazz standard, but I sort of lean into that. The song that you want to present to us is called Somebody New. And I think it's a great representation of sort of this nod to the past but there's some production elements, there's some some different approaches that keeps it firmly rooted in the future, right? Thanks, yeah. Um, yeah, that's kind of the goal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I definitely am nostalgic for that era of sort of melancholy Chet Baker tunes, you know, and somebody new was really fundamentally influenced by a lot of Chet Baker type standards. Yeah. You know, I also am super into, uh, I love the sound of more modern production and R&B influenced beats and, you know, sort of alternative (laughs) kind of style production mingling with all of that nostalgic jazz stuff. Um, So I tried to kind of put that all together in Somebody New. And is Somebody New going to be part of a larger work? Do Do you expect that there might be an EP or something like that in your future? Yes. So I 
am currently in the process of putting together my first EP, my debut EP, I suppose. Congratulations, yeah. Thank you. Thanks. It's a super fun process, and somebody new will be a part of that EP. So projected to release in 2021, date to be determined. I think most of my socials are at Sophia James Music. Definitely on Instagram. I think my Twitter is Sophia J Music. Looking ahead, uh, what does the future hold in store for Sophia James? Oh, man, this question gives me so much anxiety. I know, I know. It's my job, though. I have to ask it. (laughs) No, totally. I totally get it. Um, I mean, you know, as you know, as artists, it's almost impossible to create an accurate five or ten year plan, you know, because it really (laughs) so, so much of what we pursue comes from chance and you know whatever instance we may find ourselves at whatever point in time so um my plan as of now is to keep making music keep writing and singing and taking every musical opportunity i can and following whatever direction that takes me i would love to pursue a career of being my own recording artist but i would also love to write for other people, write for different forms of media. The world is my oyster at this point. I'm just sort of trying to learn and absorb and grasp every musical opportunity. (laughs) Very refreshing response to that question. So um, I've also learned through quarantine that, you know, as artists, we really have to create those opportunities for ourselves. You know, we have to take that first step of making things and putting it out there and then kind of seeing what happens. No doubt. Well, Sophia, it's been great to get a chance to talk to you and we wish you You nothing but the best. Thanks so much. And now this is Somebody New by Sophia James here on Joy Sounds. You fall in love with somebody new I know that it's all for the better But you can't help forgetting All the good things that we shared And the feeling that you get As if anyone could care for
Sophia James and her song, Somebody New. Next up on this special episode featuring the songwriters from UCLA is Krista Marina. Krista is not only a skilled songwriter, but she self-produces all of her songs as well. Hi, Krista. Welcome to Joy Sounds. Hello. Thank you so much. Tell me a little bit about your time while at UCLA. What were some of the classes that you feel directly influenced you as an artist and and shaped some of the writing that we're going to hear? Sure, definitely. Um, I took a rock pop ensemble, which I think was super fun, just getting to play with different musicians and making covers our own, kind of projecting our own sound on those songs. I also took a an advanced songwriting class with Natasha Pasternak, Professor P, as we call her. Um, she is awesome. And that was easily one of my absolute favorite classes being at UCLA because we literally just shared our songs and did essentially a a circle of um, criticism and ideas and critique, um, which was amazing. I mean, every class I looked forward to and learned something new. It's that sense of community that's so valuable to us songwriters. Absolutely. It was a safe space for people that create different genres to come together and talk about the nuances between whether it's production or writing. Um, and I got to also meet a lot of other talented um you know, artists and creators, some of which you've you've spoken to today. Um, and so I, you know, will always remember and, and cherish that class for sure. So the song that you want to share with us today is called 83. What's the story behind this song? So um, I wrote the song about my first love. Um, I think with many people with your first love, you assume that you're going to be with them until, you know, um, you are old and gray in, in your 80s and 90s. Of course, we all do. <laughs> right. I mean, that's that's natural. Uh, I think that's what comes with being in love with anybody. Yep. And um, this song was about questioning that it was saying, are we going to still be in this place when we're 83? And so, you know, it has a, a hint of timelessness, but it's has an underlying it's a bit cynical, but in a playful and light way. <laughs> oh, no. OK, so there's a lot of layers to this. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I wrote the song actually like four or five years ago, and I was just waiting waiting on it because I, I knew it was special to me. And so I wanted to wait to release it. And it came out this past February. And we released, you know, a really cool music video where fans sent me um, videos of them hanging out with anyone that they see themselves being with when they're 83, whether it's a, a best friend, a sibling that they want to, you know, be close with and in their um older days. And it's cool. It's a really special song. And thank you for sharing it. You were telling me before we went on the air that this was self-produced, right? It was. I, um, growing up, didn't 
see any well musicians around me first off um, in you know like a middle eastern household but second of all seeing you know let alone a producer let alone a female producer and so for a while i was producing all of my demos and always co-producing every release and i never admitted to myself that i do produce until this record and so this is the first thing i've released that's fully produced myself i had some amazing talented friends play on it as well but it's special for for various reasons it's interesting that sometimes we become reluctant to actually own that title of producer right um it, right. it, it always seems like that's that's something that somebody else does it sounds like you arrived at that moment where no you can own that title right yeah i think for a while another layer to it was i felt like i'm not a sound engineer and so i was like oh, okay then does that qualify me as producer? Because, you know, there was a time where those roles were distinct, but now that's blended together. And so there's a, you know, that expectation. But of course, you learn along the way, you figure out what you need to do to to make something quality in order to get your vision, you know, out and record it. So I've worked with many producers that are wonderful and talented in their own right. Absolutely, you know, creatively, just super cool to work with, but I just had a different vision in my head for so long and production afforded me the tools to really finally bring it out and bring that to life. Are you using this to move forward in 2021? Do we have new material to look forward to? Yes, lots of new material. I've been a bit quiet uh, this year once 83 came out, but next year I do plan on releasing a song a month, all of which I will be producing. There are a couple um, collabs here and there with other producers and such, but generally it's 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 all me. So I'm really excited for everyone to not only, you know, people that know me as an artist to start learning who I am as a producer. Everywhere you listen to music, I am there under Krista Marina, but um, Instagram is sort of my one-stop um, shop for all information, um, shows, merch, all that jazz. So um, Instagram is just Krista Marina underscore. And um, I hope you will uh, join the journey. Well, it's a pleasure to get a chance to meet you and talk with you a little bit, Krista. Likewise, Chris. Thank you so much. But before we go, let's check out some of your music. So this is 83 by Krista Marina here on Joy Sounds. The smell of rain, the touch of your hands on my waist, the simple things remind me of what it's like to love again. Still think of 
That was 83, written and produced by UCLA songwriter Krista Marina. Now, let me take a moment and tell you about our co-sponsor, Music Connection. Through its daily website, weekly newsletter, and monthly print magazine, Music Connection caters to artists, musicians, industry pros, and support services. For years, Music Connection has been known for discovering new talent by reviewing unsigned artists, both through its live performance reviews and critiques of recordings. Music Connection never charges a fee for its reviews. Known for years as the Musician's Bible, Music Connection bridges the gap between the street and the elite. It exists to serve artists and music makers of all genres, offering connections to the unconnected and to provide expert, cutting-edge information that can help you take your music to the next level. Whether offering tips on raw survival or exclusive contact lists of industry pros like managers and label representatives, Music Connection is an acclaimed, proven resource for the professional and semi-pro musician. Check it out at musicconnection.com. In part one of our feature on UCLA songwriters, we met professor of songwriting Natasha Pasternak, and we talked about the classes that she offers. Let's continue our conversation with Natasha and learn a bit more about her own background and how she brings that into the classroom. You uh, are approaching your teaching from the background of a practicing songwriter and artist. Mm -hmm. And I want to know sort of a little bit about your history as a songwriter and artist and how that gets infused into your teaching. It's very, like, very much influenced from my experience. I'd be silly not to look back at all the things I've experienced and not directly apply them to how I create programming. And I've been writing songs since I was a kid. I, I started when I was started playing the three hour cover gigs in a bar at 16, where they gave me like free soda pop and like a hundred bucks. What it did give me is a thick skin because when you play those long cover gigs where maybe like your mom and like one other person's actually listening to you, the rest are like watching sports over your head on the, on the TV screens. But it gives you thick skin, but it also gives you time to work out what it is you're doing. And when you play other people's music um, and really learn other people's music, I think it just like hones in on your chops. Like you just get a better understanding of how a good song is written when you're playing Paul Simon or when you're playing Guns N' Roses. It's like how, why did that feel so great singing? And why did, you know, a few people nod along? And you're learning those songs. So you're learning the structures naturally. Also growing up, with a musical parent, I was around musicians and music 24 hours, like seven days a week. We always had touring musicians staying with us. So the living room would be full of musicians and there'd be jams going on until like five and six in the morning, which apparently I didn't appreciate as a child. I'd come down and be like, <laughs> I have to go to school. Shut up. But just being immersed in it, uh, it became very a natural progression for me. And I think, you know, my mom might have hoped that I didn't follow in her footsteps because she's like, this industry is so hard but I think I didn't really have any other choice and so I started eventually adding in my own songs and my cover gigs and I did that until I was like 19 and then started playing within the music community I'm from Canada originally I'm from I lived in Toronto for 13 years and before that a small town uh, Kingston Ontario which has a very intense music scene within this small town Hmm. a lot of the bigger Canadian artists came from this area it's like what's in the water type thing. Yeah, yeah, right. And so I just hung out in bars and watched other musicians play, older musicians in the industry and picked up a lot of stuff from them and started working with them. Um, and then I ended up going to school for music, Randolph College uh, for the Performing Arts in Toronto, which is a private performing arts school. 
Um, and I studied singing, dancing, and acting. So I left as a triple threat. We did a lot of musical theater. And I think studying, again, musical theater, there's a lot of structure. There's a lot of arc. There's a lot of theory um, happening within musical theater. So I really got a classical training. I, I went from like kind of the homegrown folk being around uh, music in an instinctual way and then got pretty hardcore training um, at that school. It was a three-year program mashed into two. So it was two straight solid years uh, without breaks. And then went right into the Toronto music scene and started playing in bands and putting out records and making my own records and just really going for it. And I think that that's sort of a summarization, but also long story of like how I kind of got into uh, being an artist and being a songwriter. I realized, oh, I could play other people's songs. That's cool. But I also start doing my own and find my path that way. And, and both are fun, but it definitely, you know, it's more satisfying to learn how to craft your own art. What is it about the environment at the Herb Alpert School of Music that supports songwriters and helps promote um, their learning? Why is it so inviting for them? I think this is like a new development that it's naturally progressing and naturally growing within the school over the past few years. I think it's always been there, but maybe it wasn't highlighted or wasn't like fully realized because there's so many components to the school and so many things the school's offering. And that was something I noticed when I came into the scene. (laughs) I was like, wow, there's like a lot of very talented songwriters here. Like just naturally it's happening. It was sort of became my mission to bring up that side of the school in front of people and go, hey, look at this. Like we're talented in all these aspects and all these like amazing parts of what we have to offer as a school. There's also almost like this underground thing happening. Um, and so it became my, you know, my one woman mission to bring that to the surface and go, look at this. And this is a part of it, this this interview and 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 you talking with the students. This is a huge key part of that, of sort of bringing it to the forefront. Um, and why not? I mean, the talent is there. And so I'm just happy that what I've been doing has been well received by the students. And it seems to have spread quickly about my class and it's become quite competitive to get into the advanced class. Um, I just, you know, went through the audition process for the one, uh, my class in the winter quarter and I want to take everyone, but at the same time, I have to sort of stay with that idea of just getting the cream of the crop and, and working with that. We've been talking with Natasha Pasternak, professor of songwriting, or as your students refer to you, professor P um, (laughs) here on joy sounds. Thank you so much for sharing uh, your insights into the program there at the Herb Albert school of music and sharing your talented students with us. Uh, It's very exciting stuff and you're, you're to be commended. Congratulations on your good work. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's been a joy and I'm so excited to show what we've been working on um, at the school. Now, let's check out our final artist from UCLA, Seiji Oda. Seiji is a hip-hop artist from the Bay Area who has his own clear vision for his path into the music industry. It's great to have you here, Seiji. Thank you, man. How's it going? It's going good, man. Really nice to have you. And I was listening to the track that you're going to share with us later, um, How You Doing? And you've got a really distinctive style and approach to hip-hop. Thank you, man. Well, first, I feel like a lot of that style comes from, you know, I'm from the Bay Area, I'm from Oakland. So I think one, people out there like hip hop in the Bay has always been kind of, you know, a little bit left field. Like people do, you know, you think like E-40, Mac Dre, like those are definitely people that I listened to growing up and kind of, I think, draw that very like 
conversational, like really just more like you're really just talking. I think if, yeah. if you, and that's kind of what I try to do and really just, you know, being a hundred percent, just like yourself. Definitely what I've heard from the Bay area hip hop scene is, is it's got a laid back vibe to it. It's got a, it's got a character to it. That seems like it comes through in, in your own writing. Yeah, definitely. I think the Bay feels sometimes like, oh, like people always take styles from the Bay and then we don't get credit or whatever. But I feel like <laughs> it just definitely like covered our culture a lot because like people, we, we just feel like, oh, it's, it's just, a, it's a special place, man. And but we, we don't want it to be like diluted, I think. And that's what people end up kind of being, you know, mad about it when it doesn't really go into the mainstream. But I think that's not really what a lot of people want. Like people that, you know, in the Bay, like very independent, like keeping your creative control and all that I think is kind of, to me at least, is more important. Is this track, how you doing? Is it part of a larger work that you have in place? Yeah, so I've been doing these um, kind of like two-sided, double-sided singles. This is the first one, and I think there's going to be three or four more before I release the the larger project, um, which is going to come out in February. Really what I was trying to do with these singles is I think that as an artist, like I've always kind of felt like I make like very polarizing music, not necessarily polarizing in the sense that, oh, some people like it and some people really don't. It's more of a like, like different kinds of music. And I've always tried to like come to terms with that. And in the past I've been like, okay, I got to solidify and only do one thing. But I think now more of what I want to do is just see how I can take those two different styles of music and kind of bring them together and show how they're opposite, but also kind of similar. Um, so that's what the whole project is about and kind of like, you know, working with opposites and how they work or don't work together. Um, and that's, uh, yeah, that's how, how you doing has that little second part where it's kind of more of like an R&B song. So the rest of the singles that lead up to it are going to be kind of like that too. So I pretty much produce almost all of my, my own stuff. And then I think more recently, I've been trying to collaborate more with people outside. Like, I think that, you know, I can make great songs definitely on my own and like, you know, when I really spend time, but I think when I work with other people, like I'll always think of something that I wouldn't necessarily do otherwise. Yeah. Just having that like, you know, outside influence. So what does the future hold for you? What are you, what are you aspiring towards? You know, to be honest, I was, I was having this conversation with um, one of my good friends the other day and I realized like, I think a lot of people's dream or like their goal is to be like, you know, the biggest artist, like, you know, be a rock star or like, you know, um, and I definitely want to tour. I want to, be doing music for the rest of my life but i don't i know that i don't necessarily want to be the biggest artist in the world i just want to make the music that i like to make and you know i think especially nowadays with the internet and with like a lot of new like social platforms like it's it's easier to be in direct contact with your audience so i think that if you're really tapped in with like a core following of people then you know you'll be able to make a living and not have to compromise i mean i think it's, it's definitely possible to be big and not have to compromise your vision either but I just know that I don't want to be in the public spotlight like that. So I hear you. That's, that's good. I, I think that that's really well defined. You know exactly what your definition of success is. My Instagram is just Seiji Oda, S-E-I-J-I-O-D-A. Or my website is just SeijiOda.com. You know, you, you can find me there at all times too. This is How You Doing by Seiji Oda here on Joy Sounds. I'm just calling, doing what I should. I've been overflowing, getting understood. I 
was going through it, now I made it out the woods Hey, how's it going? Never better, but ain't digging on these holes I had to excavate and whip it through the old Yoking like a shovel ace, I'm sticking to this dough No, we can't be separated What I been on? Nah, bitch, I been off it Tuck with my brothers, you don't see me in public often Politicking on that face shit, calling Mitt Romney Like a Civil War Republican, how they switched on me Rolling with the punches, I got a stick and move See you getting green, now they sour like some pickle juice Too many bad bitches on me, don't know which to choose I can't be up all night, baby, I got shit to do I got brunch with my white girl at 10 a.m. Two o'clock, I might go and do a Venmo scam. Three to ten in the store, I gotta get it in. Eleven, I'll be with your bitch, she gon' bring a friend. Wow, and she gon' break it down like ghosts in a shell. I can trust no one, not even myself. Talking, she could catch these hands like Odell. Mad cause he got no bands, huh? Oh, well. How you doing? I'm good, baby, I'm just calling. Doing what I should. I've been moving floors, getting understood. I was going through it, now I made it out the woods. Hey, how's it going? Never better, but I ain't digging on these hoes I had to excavate and whip it through the old Yoking like a shovel ace, I'm sticking to this dough No, we can't be separated Ay, shit, she gon' break it down like a Odell See me up, tryna ride on my coattails And your hoe for the night like a motel I seen the low, rollin' fire like a taco shell Hey, you wanna know some? I ain't got no diamonds, but my wrist still going dumb Pop about the whip while it's running where I'm from See the cops, then I'm dip, driving like I stole some Go to my niggas and hold on my chest You been waiting for me, I ain't holding my breath 
Mama told me turn a loss to a lesson Counting on checks, now I'm counting my blessings Counting my days, I got time to be checking So bitches that only want me for the extras Taking no breaks and applying the pressure that was Seiji Yoda with his song, How You Doin'. My thanks to all the UCLA artists featured in part one. Sunjana, Hayden Everett, and Gabe Dybel. And the artists featured in part two of this episode. Sophia James, Krista Marina, and Seiji Yoda. My thanks also to Natasha Pasternak, a professor of songwriting at UCLA. And finally, a special thanks to the dean of the UCLA Herb Alpert School of Music, Eileen Strempel, and executive director of development, Ava Sedrapur for their support in making these episodes possible. For more information about the UCLA Herb Alpert School of Music, please visit schoolofmusic.ucla.edu. This is Chris Sampson saying thanks for listening, and until next time, this is Joy Sounds, music you need to know.